thanks for dialing into our podcast. We're the Light Church Bradford here in Yorkshire, England, a church committed to following Jesus and loving our city back to life again. We truly hope and pray this week's message helps you and encourages you on your journey, especially in these really challenging times. So, the year is 1992. The Olympics have been held in Barcelona. Bill Clinton had been elected to the US president. John Major had become the UK president. And Whitney Houston stayed at number one for 10 weeks with I will always love you. Okay, I won't do it again, I promise. Don't turn it off. It was also the year where my life changed forever because in that year I fell in love twice. Now the first night started in a college bar, ended up in a nightclub and before the night was out, me and Josie had fallen into each other's arms. And yep, sure in the early days it was a bit of fun, it was really enjoyable and really romantic at times, but it wasn't love. Until a few months in, I was pretty sure, pretty confident that I knew. So I said to her, I said, Josie, I think I love you. To which she said, don't be ridiculous. We've only known each other a few months. (laughs) Yep, she was just a straight talking back then. And uh, little did I know that 29 years later, I would still be saying, Josie, I love you. I get a slightly better, much better response now. She's, no, that's the kind of response I get. That was one night that led to love, love that has lasted. Yeah, we've been together nearly 29, well, just over 29 years, married for around 23, nearly 24. The second night started very differently to, yeah, a game of darts and going to a nightclub. It involved me going to a large, stone-built church building. I went in, uh, I saw these people singing this kind of meditative worship. It was quite a mesmerizing experience, to be fair. And I kind of looked around thinking, seriously? Surely this can't be real. Uh, Many of you know my story, a simple prayer later, God, would you show me if you are there? And I had an experience of God and (laughs) thankful I didn't have to wait months and months and months for God to say, and you know what? I love you. He told me straight away in an instant, yes, Matt, I am here and I love you. And some of you just need to hear that this morning, that he is here and he loves you. And listen, whilst we know that not everyone is necessarily going to find a kind of special someone to spend their whole life with, we can all find the special one who gave us the gift of life in the first place, the one who made you, the one who formed you. That year, 1992, I discovered that I am made in the image of love. And because I'm made in the image of love, I have been made and created to be loved and made and created to love. You are made and created 
to be loved and you're made and created to love because you are made in the image of love. You might be saying, I, don't know, I thought I was made in the image of God. The Bible tells us we are made in the image of God. Yes. It says, let us make mankind in our image. That is the, the, the words that are written in the Bible. But the Bible also tells us that God is love. I once heard someone say that love is not the defining characteristic of God that actually the number one defining characteristic is holiness. Now, in many ways, do we need to get into what's first and what's second? Well, maybe we do, because actually, as I read the scriptures, I don't agree. I believe that love is God's defining characteristic. Yes, holiness defines him as well. We worship a holy and pure God. But when I study the scriptures, just seems to me everywhere you go it is to do with love. God's love for people and his desire to be reconciled to us and his desire for us to be reconciled with one another. The whole story of the Bible starts with Adam and Eve and it starts and it actually says that God walked in the garden with them. The man and his wife heard the sound of the Lord God as he was walking in the garden in the cool of the day. It says they hid from the Lord because by then they'd started to mess with the relationship. And the Lord God called to the man. This is a story of God and mankind walking closely together in relationship. A loving, walking, talking breathing relationship. The story continues to unfold and as we see as he creates a people that he wants to bring his kingdom here on earth through, the Israelite people, we see love even in the heart of that. There's this one time when uh, God tells Moses to go up the mountain, he's going to do him a replacement set of ten commandments, the first set got broken and, uh, and he calls him up to him. And and it says this in Exodus 34. It says, The Lord came down in the cloud and stood there with him and proclaimed his name, the Lord. Yahweh, I am. That's kind of some of the different ways it would have been kind of said. And it says, And he passed in front of Moses, proclaiming, The Lord, the Lord, the compassionate and gracious God, slow to anger, abounding in love and faithfulness. So basically he's like, I'm going to tell you my name. My name is I am, and I am is abounding in love and faithfulness. Amazing. He is abounding. Abounding means to have too, so much that it just flows out of you, that you just have to give it away. I'm reminded of a regular occurrence on Friday afternoons in Food Bank when Josie and her team have taken a delivery from the market really late on in the day of like pallets of tomatoes or pallets of 
we've had all sorts, papaya or lemons or, or <laughs> could just, they're abounding in fruit. So much so they have to just give it away. Josie ends up having to give it away to friends and neighbours and all sorts of stuff. In the same way, God abounds in love and he has plenty for you. So having told them his name and having told them what he is like, he then tells them what to do. And the most famous, the kind of the commands that the Jewish people hold on to, the Shema as they call it. Deuteronomy 6 verse 5, he says, listen, this is what you shall do. You shall love the Lord your God. In other words, I have made you in my image. My image is one of abounding in love. And so you shall also reflect my image by also abounding in love. You shall love the Lord your God, not just a little bit, but with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength. Just like God abounds, he calls us to abound as well. He tells us it's not just about loving him, but that has to be turned into love for others. Leviticus 19, 18. Do not seek revenge. Don't bear a grudge against anyone among your people, but love your neighbour as yourself. I am the Lord. In other words, I'm telling you what to do. And we read, don't we, in John's Gospel, that it was because of his love. Do you see this? It's all through the story. Because of his love, for God so loved. It is his very nature. It is his very being. It is the image of God in which we are made. God so loved that he sent his only son. And his son arrives, Jesus, and what does he do? He goes around telling people, this is what you need to do. You need to love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul and strength. And you need to love your neighbour as yourself. The message hadn't changed. It's still all about knowing that God is love and that we respond to him with love, abounding in love. And Jesus really did abound in love. He wasn't just like, just love God and love your neighbours. He said, oh, and by the way, love one another. So as I have loved you, which is sacrificially laying your life down. And then he goes on and says, and also, you know what? Love your enemies. Another abounding in love moment. The early church. It was all about love. It really was. So much so that the Apostle Paul actually had to write to a church and effectively say, you can do all the right stuff, but if you do it with the wrong motives, then don't even bother. 1 Corinthians 13, he says, If I give all I possess to the poor, give over my body to hardship that I may boast, but I do not have love, I gain nothing. Other bits, he says, I'm a clanging gong. I can speak all the great words, but if there's no love in it, in other words, if love is not at the heart of it, then God is not at the heart of it. We see it as Paul goes on to talk about the fruit of the Spirit. Do you see all these iconic passages? So John 3.16, Moses getting the Ten Commandments. Um, you know, Paul in 1 Corinthians 13, which is an iconic, but this all about love and the fruit of the Spirit is exactly the same. For those of you that are new to this, the fruit of the Spirit is where Paul explains the stuff that grows in your life when God's Spirit comes to live within you. And what does he say? 
The fruit of the Spirit is love. And then as we continue to read through uh, the epistles, the letters that people wrote, John, the disciple that Jesus loved, as he describes himself, because that was his main relationship, says, Dear friends, let us love one another, for love comes from God. Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love does not know God because God is love. There's that iconic verse. So when I'm made in God's image, I am made in the image of perfect divine love. You know, my kids, Jed and Eve, are in some way made partly in my image and partly in Joseph's image. The DNA of the two of us have been used and kind of built upon, no scientist by the way, to create another unique human being who carries something of us. Something of our DNA is kind of hardwired into them with the fact that they're a human, they're not a banana, the fact that they're of their skin colour, their height to some degree, some of their personalities, they are in part made in our image. And if you're made in the image of someone, then you carry something of their very essence. We are made in the image of God and therefore we are made to carry love. That is how we have been hardwired. But you know, sometimes that hardwiring within us can malfunction. In fact, we believe that everybody's hardwiring is a bit messed up. And back in 1992, back when Whitney was singing her heart out, I began to have my hardwiring rewired. I began to let God start his work on me. And almost like a broken lamp that kind of needed a master kind of creator and a master mender to come to it and start to, to, to kind of reconnect wires and to kind of scrape off all the rust or the kind of the stuff that had got in the way of the connections working right. So my God started to rewire me. And that rewiring transforms me into a different person, still imperfect, but a very different person to who I was becoming. You were made, you are hardwired to give love and receive love, to abound in love is his plan. Abound in receiving it and abound in giving it. And you might say, well, there's loads of people that love who don't even believe in God. You know, I know atheists that are really loving. Well, you know what? My kids could run away. They could move to the other side of the world. They could disown me. They could refuse to speak to me for the rest of my life. But they'd still have some of my DNA in me. And when you see love around then the words of scripture that say love comes from God are still true. 
That atheist has still been made in the image of God, whether they acknowledge their father who made them or not. And so, every time someone loves, there is something of the image of God coming out of them. Love comes from God. And we have so many different relationships, don't we, in which we enjoy love. Maybe there's a marriage, maybe it's a romantic relationship. Maybe it's love from a parent or for a parent, from a child, for a child. Maybe it's a really close friend. Who's your closest friend at the moment? Thank God for the love that they have for you. What about your spiritual family, your church family? They love you very imperfectly. Do you love them? And so being loved and giving love can be the most wonderful and the most beautiful of times, but it can also be the worst of times when our love is betrayed. When that marriage breaks down, when that parent, because they've never dealt with their own stuff, doesn't love you the way they should do. That friend who turns her back on you. You know, I had a really close friend as a teenager. He was my best friend, kind of going through ages 11, 12, 13, 14. And around the age of 15, and I still to this day don't really know why, I just decided that was it. Didn't really want to be friends anymore. Perhaps the least loving thing I've ever done in my life, and I just blanked him. That was my wiring gone wrong. That was the image of God not showing through in me, the image of love. So grateful that God gives us second chances. When I became a Christian, I sought him out and I told him, yeah, just what a jerk I'd been and how sorry I was and asked him to forgive me. And yeah, we were restored and he forgave me. But when love doesn't work, it can be painful. But when it does work, it's the best thing in the world. So I just want to ask you, on this day of love, this Valentine's Day, what one thing could you do to abound in love? Whether that's abound in receiving it or abound in giving it, what one thing can you do? How can you abound in your love for God? Is that what he's calling you to do? Or is he calling you to abandon your love for someone else? Or is he just asking you to receive so that you'll have something to give out? I'm just going to share a few more words of scripture. And I believe that God wants you to take something from this and make it intensely practical. Think about a spouse, a friend, a family member, a neighbour, a colleague, maybe even an enemy. And allow God to use these words of scripture to draw his love out of you and pinpoint something practical you can do to celebrate this Valentine's Day, which is not about romance, although we'll have a bit of romance as well. It's about deep love and care. The Apostle Paul writes, love is patient. 
Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. Love does not dishonour others. Love is not self-seeking. Love is not easily angered. Love keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, and always perseveres. What is God calling you to do today? Because you have been made in the image of love, designed to give love and to receive love. And just as your God abounds in love, so you go and abound in love. Thank you so much for listening. Hey, you made it to the end. That's even more encouraging. If you'd like to find out more about who we are, visit our website at thelightchurch.org.uk. We pray God's blessing on you now as you go into the rest of your day.